In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I bring you greetings for a third time from the saints at Zion Lutheran in Staunton, Illinois. But there's something about them. It's usually about this time of year when in a moment of human weakness driven by sheer exhaustion that I start to think to myself and then eventually blurt out to my wife, why do I even bother preaching? You know, it's the middle of the Lent. It's the middle of Lent. The workload has grown with, with that additional sermon to write each week, and that goes along with the, the Bible classes, that, and it starts to hit on you. And then you're confronted with that dogging question. Are they even listening? Add to that the marriage counseling, the crisis with one of your youth, and the funeral that's being planned, late, planned for later in the week, and you realize that your role is more of super pastor. And then... Again, the question, is the flock even listening? So Satan begins to work with the seeds of doubt in your mind, and you start to wonder, especially when we have words in front of us like St. Paul in Ephesians 5, be imitators of God. On Sunday, that's all well and good, but then on Monday, they're they imitate a ruthless corporate mogul, a desperate housewife, or a steroid-laden athlete. When Paul urges them to avoid filthiness and foolish talk, they do their best imitation of a sailor, and they spread the latest internet dirty joke. When they're told to avoid empty words and foolishness, they run out and snap up every copy of the Da Vinci Code. And they read it while they're watching the Discovery Channel's latest Christian bashing story about some tomb and some bones. It's in those moments when I am envious of Tim Williamson. Tim Williamson is the funeral director in Staunton. When he straightens out one of the people entrusted to his care, they stay that way. Mine, not so much. But I guess I shouldn't be surprised. We turn to the Old Testament lesson. Moses takes the word of Yahweh to Pharaoh. And even when his own magicians say, hey, this is the finger of the Lord, Pharaoh hardens his heart. The messenger is rejected, the message is rejected, and Yahweh himself is rejected I don't do flies and gnats, so why on earth would people today, in the absence of these mighty miracles, why would they even listen to me? A simple, loud, long-winded preacher. I tell them about a God that they haven't seen. Why preach? I'm a lot less than Moses. Why should they listen to me? When it's your turn. Why should they listen to you? Then there's the gospel lesson. It gets even worse. Jesus does a miracle, runs a demon out of a mute man. That'd be enough for me, but not for them. No, the seminary professors in the CTCR get together and they have a debate and they determine he's working with Satan. 
And then there's a couple of graduate students and deaconesses that, that, want, that want to see another sign. Maybe there's more to be seen. If his miracles and his preaching and his presence aren't enough to carry the day, then how on earth will any sermon that I put together be effective? There are those in the room today who know the Greek and the Hebrew better than I. There are those in the room who possess a mastery of sermon structures and gospel handles better than I. Y'all listen to more sermons in a month than I preach in the better part of a year. Some of you have more experience, still others more credentials. And then you add to this the reality of my own hard-heartedness and your own hard-heartedness. And we ask the question, why should I preach? Why should you preach? Why preach? Because this is what God has given us to do. He has called me and other pastors to speak the life-giving, life-changing word. Moses said he couldn't speak, but he was given that message from Yahweh to deliver to Pharaoh, let my people go. Jeremiah was young, Jonah reluctant, David failed, Solomon foiled, and yet each of these, however failed they were, were given a word from God to speak. Paul, a murderer of Christians, becomes the most prolific deliverer of the message of Christ. Each of these servants of God were called to deliver the word which drives the demons of sin and death from the souls of their hearers. It was not the messenger that did it. It was the message. Jesus, the word made flesh, was the one who rid the mute of that demon It's also Jesus who does the exact same miracle on every soul that the Lord assembles before you in the pews in worship. We're not called to drive out demons. Jesus is. No amount of academic achievement, exegetical study, sermon structure, or eloquence can do this. Only Jesus can He's the one who drives out demons and sweeps the hearts of man. He's the restoration specialist. We're just the cleaning crew. And that's why we preach. It's the ongoing proclamation of the word that keeps the houses of those souls kept clean. Keeping the demons from coming back and having them be worse off than they were before. Jesus ends uh, ends the gospel lesson today. Blessed are those, rather, who hear the word of God and keep it. But again, St. Paul, how can they hear without someone preaching? This is why we preach. We preach because we are sent. We are sent to preach the good news of the Lord and Savior who has come in the flesh. We preach of the one who has lived and died and rose to sweep the hearts of those we are privileged to serve and our own as well clean. We preach because the word has been given to us 
to deliver this ongoing blessing. Those people that the Lord puts in front of us every week and will put in front of you every week, they're called to faith in Christ. They're cleansed. Now, they may have moments when they take themselves more seriously than they should, take, their, take credit for their accomplishments more aggressively than they should, maybe even think of their own efforts a little more highly than they ought. And they will. You know why we know that? Because we do. It's, be Christly, it's precisely because of this sin that we are called to preach. To preach so that those houses and hearts stay clean. And by that word... When those hearts are cluttered by the daily activity of the sinful flesh, they are cleansed anew. This is why we're more like the janitorial staff. God sends us into the lives of saints who aren't always very saintly. They get themselves in a little bit of a mess day in and day out, and they need to be tidied up a bit. And that tidying is done by the word proclaimed, ingested. And that's why the Holy Spirit has you here. You're not here to be master orators. You're not here to hang a bunch of abbreviations behind your name. You're here because the Lord's called you to preach. And in the process, you will have those days when you wonder why. They will harden their hearts to those messages so skillfully crafted You will write winsomely and creatively. You will serve with passion and fervor, and they'll do the exact opposite of what you say. They'll question your orthodoxy, your scholarship, and your sanity, but we still preach. We preach because God has made it clear that there are those out there who need to hear this word that has been put in our hearts and in our mouths. They need to hear that word so that by the grace of God they may keep it. And that's why I get to do what I do in Staunton. And that's why the Holy Spirit has you here to take the classes, put up with the professors, endure the exam, and suffer the papers. Because there are people out there who need you. They need you to bring to them Christ and Him crucified. They won't always know it. Very often they won't appreciate it. But they do need it. And that's why we preach. Is it worth it? You bet. Amen.